Hi, I'm Megan Hillica, a grieving mother turned grief coach. I now support, guide, and offer tools to navigate the unthinkable of child loss to other moms who also know this pain. I help you go from empty, lost, and broken to learning to carry your grief and live alongside it. If there's one thing I want you to see, it's hope. Hope that there's life after loss. Hope that there's so much more for you and encouragement that you're normal. All of this is possible along with never forgetting or moving on from your baby or child. I'm holding on to hope for you until you are ready to hold it yourself. Welcome to Grieving Moms Podcast. Hey there, welcome to another episode on Grieving Moms Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hillica. Today, this is episode number 95, and we are going to talk about what are you focusing on in grief? It's a question to begin to notice and become aware of. Um, Before we dive in, I'm batch recording episodes before my baby is born. Um, I'm due in May so that I can have a break and a time to rest and heal, and so that you still get the support and encouragement every week. My hope and goal is that you hardly notice that I'm not working because my podcast and everything I do still happens. I just have to plan and do it ahead of time. And if you're wondering, like, how am I doing coaching still? All of my coaching um, packages and everything I'm doing, I have set up so that I will have like a month break in between, but you will get all your sessions and everything either at the beginning of May or the end of June. And so you're still getting that support and help and guidance, but I just have a few weeks to rest and recover and heal as well. So I feel like it's all working out. It's all good. So I also just want to share really quick that next month I am doing a big giveaway for those of you who are listening to this podcast for my hundredth episode, which also happens to land on my birthday. So Watch for information on that, on how you can enter to win many of the amazing things that I'm going to be giving away, including different physical products that I've used that have really helped me on my grief journey and also spots in my courses and programs as well. So you won't want to miss that. It'll be coming up in June. And so let's talk about what are you focusing on in grief? Part of becoming aware, which is something, you know, it's a huge part of my work. It's a part of my caring grief framework that I teach in Life After Child Loss program. Becoming aware of what's going on is also learning to notice what you're focusing on. Noticing what you're focusing on helps you see that sometimes you're so focused on the problem or the negativity that you can't see anything else. So here's a story I want to share with you. It's not related to grief. But it's a way that I came to realize that sometimes we get so focused on something that we cannot see how it can be any different. So it's kind of a silly story, but I also think I've just thought of it so often after I realized this story and how powerful it is. So last year, we lived in a townhouse. Um, The kitchen was pretty small, and we have a very large kitchen table. It's pretty big. And when we moved in, we put the table along the wall in the kitchen because that area had hard flooring and the living room had carpet. And in my mind, the table goes in where the hard flooring is. So it was just like, of course, the table has to go in the kitchen. And that meant our kitchen was super squishy and we could not use the whole table We could only sit on one side. It was hard to work in the kitchen. Um, We couldn't sit at the table as a family. 
And so Justin and I ended up sitting in the living room and I didn't like it very much because I really like to sit at the table as a family. I like to play games, you know, where you can feel like you're, you can sit around the table and play games together and visit. And I, I just didn't love it. But for me, it just felt like there's nothing I could do. This was how it was. This is, you know, what it was going to be. And we lived this way for a while, even though I didn't love it. Um, I just thought that, okay, this is just how it is. It felt like my brain was stuck. That's all I could see. And then one day it dawned on me that our table could be in our living room. What a fascinating idea, right? There was more space in there. Um, If we put it in the living room, we could all sit around the table. We could use both sides of the table. My kitchen would be so much more open and have so much more space And I could just put a rug down on the carpet. Oh my goodness, this was a huge change. It was amazing. We moved the table there and our whole experience got so much better. I didn't even know that was possible that it could change that drastically. It had made living there so much easier and not as squishy. So I know it's such a simple story. It's such a simple kind of way of looking at it. But I've thought about this story so many times because it was so profound to me, how my brain didn't allow me to see anything different because I was so focused on what was and how that was all it could be and how like, I could not see that it could be any different. And when it changed, it's like something shifted in my brain and I could see that it could be different. And I made a change and things became so much easier that I didn't even know it was possible. And I I wanted to tell that story because we can so easily do this in grief, that life has to be suffering, that life has to be awful and horrible the rest of my life, that people are rude and mean and don't care, and they, they say horrible things to you when you're grieving, all that kind of stuff. So let's talk about this example. When you have a lot of people in your life who have helped you, this is just an example that I've seen happen, you know, again and again, and it's not as always always saying this, don't bring judgment to yourself or anything. Everything I talk about is to bring curiosity and awareness to what you're doing in your life. So say you have a lot of people in your life that have helped you, who have done many things for you and really want to show that they care. Maybe it's just a few people. It doesn't really matter that there are people who love you and who want to show you love. And then there are a few people in your life who maybe you expected them to be there. Maybe you thought that they would be there that they would be helping and then they completely disappeared and they are not helping you. They may be like all sudden dropped out of your life. And it's so, so easy to begin focusing on the people who are not helping. It's easy to start getting angry, hurt, or frustrated that they have disappeared, which is totally a normal reaction and response. Like, I get it. I get it that it's hard when you have somebody, you know, it's hard to not feel hurt when It feels like somebody disappeared who you thought, you know, maybe you helped them a ton in a hard time and all of a sudden they disappeared when you actually need them the most. But what I've noticed is we start to focus on those people who we wish would act differently when we can't change. Like I've talked about many times, we can't change how somebody else acts or how they live their life or what they do, right? And we start to focus on that. Now we're giving all of your energy and focus to these people who have not showed up to support you. And maybe, maybe start to forget 
to focus on and notice all the people who are, all the people who have showed up, all the people, maybe the one person who has been there because we're so wrapped up in focusing on the people who haven't helped that we forget to notice the people who are. And I totally get this because I've done this myself and I've had to bring myself back to the amazing people who have done so much for me instead of focusing on the people who seem to disappear. Here's the thing about focus. The more you focus on something, the more you find more of it. So if you're focusing on the people who didn't show up, then you start to see more people who didn't show up. And then you notice how disappointed you feel. And then you start to find more reasons to get disappointed. And it just keeps spiraling. It's that spiral downward turn that you just you you start to notice and focus on these things and all of a sudden your brain just keeps giving you more and more and more. They're like, oh, I, you want that? Okay, I'm going to give you more of that. But on the other hand, if you find reasons to focus on to be grateful for the people who have showed up to help, for the things in your life that you still have, for whatever reason you can find to feel gratitude, focusing on that helps you as well. So this is not at all, not at all about toxic positivity or ignoring hard things. I am very passionate about helping you process the heavy and really intense emotions. But it's about where is your focus? What are you noticing? Do you have a habit of noticing all the problems and how you are inadequate or not doing good enough? This is how our brain works. It's the way our brains filter through things that seem irrelevant or unimportant so we don't notice them until we shift our focus onto that. So this is an example that's used all the time. That once you become aware of something, your reticular, reticular activating system or something like that, the RA system in your brain, it really, once you become aware of something, it starts to bring that awareness and all of that to your mind all the time. Because like, think about if you learn about a new car or you go car shopping for a new car, all of a sudden you see that car everywhere. They were always there. They were already always there but you just didn't notice them before because your brain didn't know to bring those to the forefront for you. But once you become aware of that car, all of a sudden you start noticing, oh, hey, that's the car I want. That's the car I want. That's the car I want. All those things. Another example with child loss would be that I didn't realize how many phrases were kind of like triggering or not very nice sayings until I experienced the death of my child. So phrases like stiff as a board or pounding another nail into the coffin and other phrases that bring to mind for me a real life experience that I lived and I would not have noticed or thought twice about those comments before Aria died because it didn't affect me the way it does now. So it's just really how our brains bring things to to the forefront and how we notice and process and kind of experience things differently depending on what we're focusing on. So can you take a, a moment to notice how far you've come, to notice the little changes that have happened um, on your grief journey, like focus on what what has changed for you, how you have taken some steps forward. Can you notice the good things in your life? Can you notice the work that you've done to get where you are today? Um, let's take noticing how far you've come, for example. When I was in therapy, I always had a goal. I wanted to feel like I was in a certain place. I kept feeling like I wasn't doing good enough. I wasn't moving fast enough. I wasn't getting better fast enough. And I think having a goal is so important 
it's not, all of this isn't negating the goal or, you know, noticing the goal or like for me, it just really helped drive. Like I wanted to be able to not check on my kids for another 10 minutes or something, you know, being able to do that. But I was reminded to do this, that before Aria died, I didn't think that I would ever be able to keep going. If I started to imagine one of my children dying, I thought that I would just curl up in a hole and die too. And of course, the idea was too overwhelming. And then it happened to me. It happened that my daughter died. And I didn't know how I was going to do it, obviously, but I did. And sometimes it's so helpful to take a moment, look back on your life, and notice how far you've come, how much you've changed, how much you've been through, how much strength you've gained. And when you have gone through so much and something that you thought that you wouldn't be able to survive and really just take a moment to acknowledge, like, it's almost like acknowledging yourself, like, look at where I've gotten because we're always so (laughs) focusing on where we're not and how our life is different and how it's not where we want to be or anything like that. But take a moment to acknowledge how far you've come and take a moment to find the good in your life. What you focus on expands. I just want you to remember that, that you focus on the problems. All you will find is problems. When you focus on the good things happening, you will begin to see more of that. That doesn't mean that that takes away the pain or the grief or the fact that your child died. Like We can't take that away. And it doesn't mean you can't ever focus on that. But there's things on our grief journey that we can focus on that cause us so much more suffering um, than if we were to pay attention. Like I mentioned earlier, if we focus on all the people who aren't helping, that causes so much suffering because that brings so much more pain. It brings so much more resentment and bitterness and anger and like, hello, like what's wrong with you people? How come you can't help, you know? But when you focus on the people who are helping, you feel a lot more gratitude because these people care and this person loves me and they want to show that they love me and that they care. So truly, truly just begin to put on your curious hat to become more aware of what's going on and how you are focusing on certain things in your life. Until next week, all my love to you. Take care. If you have found support, encouragement, and changes on your grief journey from this podcast, I want to invite you to come check out Stop Talking, Start Feeling. It's my mini workshop that takes what I talk about on this podcast and really brings it to a tangible, practical level. It dives into emotions and thoughts and how you can begin to process and move through them. There are also sections on releasing and processing sadness and guilt, which so often come up after your child dies. Join me over at www.stoptalkingstartfeeling.com. That's stoptalkingstartfeeling.com.